and welcome to How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin. My name is Emmanuel Penkless. Uh, it's nice to be back for another week. I know, right? We uh, thought we might not be here. We thought there may not be may not be rugby league in round one or even round two. Emmanuel, how good is it to be back it, and having rugby league on the weekend? It is great to be back. It is great to be having rugby league on the weekend. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, discussions about coronavirus are contagious. Uh, the rugby league world has been talking about it. We're not immune from that chat. So, uh, Michael, let's get straight into it. What do we think? What are your thoughts? Where, where are we going with this? Okay. So, all other sport basically around the world is off. There's no more NBA. There's no more European soccer, football. It's all gone. Every All the competitions are shut. Uh, I know baseball's uh, pro- postponed their season. So... Every, all the major sports around the world are now off, except for rugby league, as it as it seems. Look, do I agree with it? I don't know. But I do want to watch rugby. I want something to do on the weekends. I, everything else has been taken from me. Everyone's working from home. There's nothing much to do. I want to watch rugby league on the weekend. Is it uh, to the benefit of the players and the, the officials and everyone who's uh, in charge of the game? I don't know. I don't know the answers. No one knows the answers to this, but... I want to see rugby league, and I'm, I'm I am happy that it's on this weekend. Yeah, there are a lot of things to unpack here. I want to look at a few things. Firstly, Peter Volandi's press conference. I thought he had me like it was good, it was going well uh, until he spoke about the rugby league bailout from the government. That's not going to happen. That's ridiculous. Rugby league needs needs to get its house in order. I agree. There are a lot of flow-on effects from this. We know people that work at clubs. We know people that work in rugby league. We know players. We know, we you know, we know a lot of people in the media too. We know, I know a couple of people at Fox Sports. Yep. Um, everyone could be affected by this. Okay, but complaining and asking for a media package is not the answer. The rugby league is a multi, uh, multi-billion-dollar game. They have had two billion-dollar rights deals go through in the last eight years. Okay, you have to save money for a rainy day. Yeah, this is a problem. Rugby league makes around $190 million a season, right? None of that is ever seen as profits. Somehow, uh, the NRL has no money at this point in time for a rainy day like this, as you said. And if the league, if the league goes on hiatus for two, two weeks, four weeks, it may survive. But if this season ends up being cancelled and the coronavirus gets worse in Australia then the NRL itself might not survive. And that's a big issue. And it's just show, it's, it's shown how poorly the league has been managed over the last yep. few years. I completely agree. I think that the whole f- the fact that there is no money in the bank for a rainy day is such an indictment on the administration. I think more so John Grant and Peter Beattie. John Grant dangled this carrot of the clubs getting 130% of the salary cap so he guaranteed each club $13 million a year for the um, term of the rights deal, uh, which is absolutely insane to be offering. So you have that going to 16 clubs. You're getting X amount of dollars a year. I mean, it just doesn't add up. They've also got this massive, massive collective bargaining agreement with the players. Um, I think, to, in my opinion, I think that they're overpaid for what they do. And I take issue with Cameron Smith's comments about just cancelling the season. I think they're out of line. I think for someone in their 18th season that's the highest played player in the 
one of the highest paid players in the game. I think it's ridiculous for him to be making that call. People's livelihoods are at stake. I also think that, you know, we need to think carefully here. The broadcasters pay money. They need content. I don't know what Australia will do, as you said, if we're locked away for six months. We're coming into winter. We aren't like baseball in America. We're not like the NBA. We're not like the Premier League that's got three weeks to run. We've had one round of football. We have 29 weeks to go. And Origin, which on its own is probably worth $100 million. If the, um, if the networks can't put this on TV, they have no content. They don't get advertisers. There are flow-on effects. And the the onus should be on the players to play. There are more difficult circumstances that people have to work in. The players are, play, are paid more money than a lot of those people and they have to step up. And one of the arguments is that, you know, what's the difference between a player being in isolation during the day and then going and playing rugby league? It's like anyone else is doing their job, right? Yes, it's a more physical job. You know, you're, you're closer to people. But if these players are keeping track of who they're interacting with, you know, and regularly, not regularly getting tested, making sure that if they're coming down with any flu-like symptoms or anything like that, they're out for this week or the next week whatsoever. I think I think that's the step that the league needs to go in, where these players are being monitored constantly and making sure that they're healthy and playing. I agree that you can't have, obviously the, the government has banned gatherings, so you can't have crowds. That's fine. Half the half the teams don't even get crowds anyway. Roosters, the Roosters fans, the Roosters, Roosters fans, Roosters fans don't get <laughs> Roosters games don't get crowds, right? So, I think playing in an empty arena is fine. The players are going to need to watch their chat on the field. You know, yeah, hundred percent. Mike's going to pick up everything. We're going to see who the sh- who the who the you know the piss talkers are. Yeah, you nearly and, swore yourself yeah, in the court. Exactly, I know, and yeah. But I, I, I think the league should carry on as long as they can. Yeah. And and obviously, it's for the betterment of the NRL to and and to ensure that they survive through this time. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, with all the other codes out of action, bar the AFL, who I think are deciding, and no one else, um, nothing else going on on TV, no international sports. It's a great chance for the NRL to boost their reach and boost their coverage, which can't really be a bad thing for them because they have a horrendous a horrendous reputation. Um, and you know, I I just think that the game really needs to take this more seriously. Um, it's a great opportunity also for every club to consider how it's managed. Those clubs that rely on private ownership, how much are the owners going to dip in? Those clubs that are poorly run and always expect the NRL to be there, how are they going to respond to this? Will it be a re-evaluation of how much we pay players? Will it uh, change clubs that like the Bulldogs that rely so much on leagues, clubs, and their poking machines? Like We could be see a whole reform in terms of the way clubs and league itself are managed. And look... Ever the opportunist, I I, I I read the other day that uh, they're actually NRL is actually in contact with ESPN because at the moment ESPN has nothing to run yep. to get you know games shown on their channel maybe overseas as well, which will help boost uh, rugby league around the world. So look, there may be some benefits out of the whole world going on a hiatus basically, yep. but we'll see we'll see what happens. I don't I don't know whether that will come to fruition uh, soon enough. Now uh, let's wash our hands of this situation, Emmanuel. Nice. You know, let's let's scrap the coronavirus talk <laughs> and let's let's look at what was last week in the first seat, the first week of rugby league. 
How good was it to have games back? Oh, it was so good. I didn't see anyone all weekend. And now I'm regretting that because I'm thinking that could be the rest of my year. So, <laughs> no, yeah. but it, it was great to have footy back on TV. Some games were better than others. Of course. Um, that's that's going to be the case every week. Definitely. Um, some good signs from teams. Um, some teams with question marks, obviously, but early days. And good signs from teams that wanted to make a good start. I agree. Uh, we started off on Thursday night with the Parramatta Eels versus the Dogs, and I thought it was a really good, co- really scrappy contest. You could tell it was the first game of the round, first game of the season. Um, but I was really impressed by the Dogs' defence, and I think both teams have room to improve. Obviously, yeah, definitely. Canterbury ended last, uh, started this season like they ended last, quite resilient. Um, obviously, with that week from hell once again. So um, I think to keep the Eels at less than ten points is a really good sign for them. Um, obviously, their attack will need some improvement, but, you know, they have strike players still to come. So I just think very good signs um, can grind out, make a team work for the win. For Parramatta, definitely a, a, a win you bank and you just move on, I think. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the Raiders got up against the Titans, which everyone kind of foresaw. The only thing I'll say about this game, I actually didn't see much of it, was Jack White was fantastic, and I... I think Corey Horsby will play himself into an origin spot this year. Yep. Um, I think the result went as everyone expected. Um, You know, good to see that Canberra started strongly because no one really knew how the end of last season um, would impact them psychologically. So definitely come out with a point to prove. A nice big win to start off. um, And I'm sure that will continue. Yep. Agreed. Next game was Broncos versus Cowboys up in North Queensland at the new stadium. Now, this was actually a really good game to watch. As we said last week and the and in our preview podcast, Fafita and Payne Haas are going to be something to watch and something. They're going to be so hard to stop in the future, like this, this year and in the future. Yeah, phenomenal forward pack. Absolutely great work from David Fafita. He, he's just spectacular to watch in open space. Great performance from him. Um, and, you know, I think... But like I said last week in the podcast, and I eat humble pie, Brisbane will make the top eight. There is, I don't know what I was thinking. Brisbane will make it. Their halfback will get better. I saw some really good things from them. It all depends on that forward pack. And I just, I, they had really strong showing and their, their opposition once again left a lot to be desired. Uh, I, I, the Cowboys aren't doing anything for me. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have a great season. And I think Valentine Holmes is going to take a while to get uh, into that fullback role. He looked a bit shaky and looked a bit lost at times, on defense especially. Uh, next up was Knights versus the Warriors. Now, this was a bit of a one-sided affair. Uh, Warriors losing 20 nil to the Knights. I will say that I really like Kalen Ponga's involvement. I thought he was uh, popping up a lot more than what I saw last year. And I think the big help was having a really competent hooker in uh, Jaden Braley, who I thought really brought a lot of control of the team from the dummy half spot. Yeah, definitely. They had issues um, with their spine last year. Of course, Ponga started the season at 5'8", and then moved back to fullback. So it's all been... It was all a bit disruptive. Um, really good signs. We foreshadowed this um, in our last podcasts. We thought they'd start well. Um, they've got a coach there who's been with Melbourne and been with the Roosters. To hold a team to 20 nil is a statement. I understand it's the Warriors in um, Australia, so 
Um, it was always going to be a win, really. But I think to hold a team to nil is quite a statement. Um, it's a really good performance. It's a it's a get everyone's attention. We've turned a page. We're starting um, a new leaf. We have a good attitude. And I think nil is always underestimated. I mean, that really means that you were disciplined on your own line as well. Um, none of those cheap two-pointers that teams like the Roosters and Souths like to give away um, so that they just get the repeat sets going. Uh, so really good signs from Newcastle. The worry for the Warriors is that they lost another game in Australia. And if they end up spending the season here, what does that mean? Does that mean they won't win a game at all? I don't know. It's going to be a tough season for the Warriors. There's already, there's already talk of players loaning out, uh, clubs loaning out players to the Warriors so that they can fill a you know 17-man squad each week. Tedesco going to be loaned, do you think? No. And, you know, <laughs> I think it'll be the end of bench guys or even guys who aren't really cracking that first grade uh, for each club. I heard names like Michael Leisha, who's out of favour at the Dogs, yeah. who, you know, may may make an appearance at the Warriors at some point this season if, if this is how it turns out. There's yeah. already players who have gone home to be with their families. So, and I understand that. It's, it's a difficult time for the Warriors, and it's going to be a very challenging season for them. What happens if Cameron McInnes comes back in for the Dragons, and then they decide we'll loan out Isaac Luke? How weird would that be? Goes back to his old club. Yeah, I, I could see it happening. Uh, whether Isaac Luke's a benefit for the Warriors, no. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, next game, I'm sure you had an intent, uh, a keen eye on this one, was Souths versus the Sharks. Souths versus the Sharks. What do we think of Souths? Well, I don't really know. I, they started well. I thought Adam Reynolds had a really good game, um, a good performance, first try. Um, we were definitely on top. James Roberts had a brain explosion once again. I mean, that's not. I remember he got Sid Mind last year against the Broncos for something stupid as well. So that's got to be cut out of his game. Um, our defense is a problem. Um, and it was a bit of a problem last year too. They just uh, we, our wingers come in. There were easy tries around the side. There was that potential match winner um, on the other side. The forward pass. Um, yeah, with the forward pass, um, and it, it's it's a bit concerning. The other concern I have, um, and we've spoken about this off air, is um, our forward rotations. Yeah, look, I noticed that in the first twenty minutes, Souths were up and they had the advantage. You had Liam Knight. Tom Burgess and Tavita Totola, and they all put their foot down and they were all really strong and they've got Souths on the front foot in the first 20 minutes. And then they all came off at the exact same time. And the moment they went off, you saw Souths drop a bit in their intensity and their, their go forward and their line speed and everything changed. And it didn't really pick up until they came back on. So I know it's early season and Wayne Bennett doesn't want to tire his players out, but I, I, I think that at some point he needs to start staggering them a bit or, you know, playing one of them the first, playing Liam Knight the first 30 minutes instead of the first 20 minutes and bring him on the last 15. You know, I think these guys need to increase their minutes a bit because yep. I think your forward rotation off the bench isn't that strong. Yeah, and I look, I was just thinking as you were saying that, we, were, we are light on forwards, but um, as I flagged last week, Latrell played... Uh, 55 minutes or so, yeah. and then Johnson came on. So I'm wondering as the season progresses whether we will be carrying Johnson on the bench. We might find a forward to put there, but we are short on forwards. We've lost a lot of depth, and I think if we had our time over, maybe we would have kept George Burgess. And look, I completely disagree. 
as I said last week, with Latrell coming off. But again, early season, I can see Bennett not wanting to wear out his players. He did have a bit of a mixed game. He had a few good touches here and there, but he had, you know, he was caught out a couple of times and made a couple of errors here and there. He's going to learn and he's, he needs to get fitter at that position, but he has the potential to be great. Yeah, uh, I think one of the problems that the game, Souths fans especially going to have, is if they compare Luttrell at fullback to Tedesco at fullback. I think that's a huge mistake. Tedesco's the best in the world because he goes and chases. Um, Luttrell's not going to do that. He's going to be a different style of fullback. I can see him playing a more Greg Inglis style, running it back hard, being strong in defense um, if he gets his defense right, and then sort of being there for those like set moves inside, I think will be our strategy. But um, I think it's still too early to tell, and we won't see that until deep into the season. And look, I actually thought the Sharks were a lot better than what I expected. I thought Sean Johnson looked really comfortable. Uh, their, their older players, uh, Wade Graham, Chad Townsend, were really classy, uh, put on a great performance, and they almost got back into this game. They blew it. They blew an opportunity late to, to win it, but I don't think the Sharks are going to be as bad as what you may have thought and what I may have thought at the start of a season. But I, I still don't see them being good enough to crack that eight. Yeah, I thought they stood up, and I actually thought they looked much better when they were throwing the ball around. Um, but I I agree that it was the older players that did all the work, um, more experienced players, Chad Townsend linking up with Wade Graham. Um, it's a combination we've seen many times. It works. Um, and I just think, you know, it, it's good that Cronulla um, can take with confidence the fact that they came back against Souths and they'll take that into this week's big game. Yeah, of course. Now, the last game of Saturday night was Penrith versus the Roosters. The Roosters, as I said last week on the podcast, don't like playing round one, not very good in it, and ended up with a loss against a really strong Panthers team, I thought. Yeah, I thought Penrith were fantastic. Um, they came back from, I think it was 14-2 down from memory. So um, it's good to see that, you know, they had the confidence to come back and make it 20 points to 14 was the final result. We know in past, in seasons past, they have had that experience where they've been able to, to pull a game back from the brink and have won it in the end. So it's great to see that. But I just thought they played some really exciting football, a lot of confidence football, um, chip kicks over the top, players supporting each other. Nathan Cleary's finally taking control of this team. i tell you one thing that really helped them, though. They have a competent hooker. Api Corusau was fantastic. Yeah, he he's, was so good. He's he's the best player in rugby league at ducking underneath tackles. Yeah, he splits markers. That's it's incredible. It's... And they haven't had that in years. Yeah. And you could tell that it really helped Cleary out and let him work on his game. And Corusau was under control in in the hooking spot. And much like the Knights, it it showed when you have a competent hooker who's leading the team around the park from that dummy half spot a team can be much better. Yeah, I agree. And um, I think for Penrith, it's the first competent hooker really since I'd say maybe Seguiaro. Probably, So, yeah. And we know how they ended up that season. So really good signs for them. Uh, the Roosters notoriously quiet round one. I think they will have similar problems um, in terms of you've lost Latrell, which is a bigger loss than you think it is, as you said to me when we signed him. And uh, the other thing is that... Flanagan is not Kronk. No, he's not. And he will take time to develop and get that combination right. And I have a feeling that the Roosters may, although Robinson is a great coach, the Roosters may struggle with this whole dynamic with Kiri and Flanagan about who's really got control of the team. 
Um, it's something that Kiri and Reynolds had a bit of an issue with at Souths, and that could be a challenge down the track. I I hope not. You'd think that this is Kiri's team, considering he's you know this veteran player now who's led a team around the park in a grand final. Uh, and I, I really hope that Flanagan can embrace that role where he's going to be learning and can that. And I think if we can get that right, obviously that's that's going to help us a lot. Okay, uh, on Sunday we had uh, the derby game, Melbourne versus Manly. Thoughts? Ah, uh, Melbourne, just so brilliant. Started so strongly. I just, I just. Like, they just start every year so strongly. I don't know how they do it. This game was great to watch in terms of a bit of a grind. It was 2-0 or 2-all. It was very close for a really long time. Um, and then, you know, Melbourne just capitalized and bang, bang, two tries, quick succession, almost textbook copy between the two of them to Vunavalu's wing. But he has to be very careful because he ran back at Manly players with the knees Jumped into them, which was absolutely absurd, um, and then denied doing it. Not the first time he's done that. He actually got suspended a couple of years ago. He did it in Adelaide against the Roosters one year. Was running back and it was absolutely just the Roosters in, though. It was against. Okay, doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't run and lift your knees up like that. If which player was it? I think it was one of our wingers. Yeah, I, can't, that's right. I think it might have been Nikovalu, mm. and he did get suspended for it. And. I don't. Is he in hot water this week again? I think he. I think he escaped. I think he escaped too. But you know, not the first time he's done it. I'd be. I'd watch out for that. He. He can. You know, have brain, brain explosions and you know find himself on the sideline sometimes. Yeah, but not surprising result really. We know Melbourne uh, start seasons really strongly. Eighteen and zero, I At, think, under Craig Bellamy. Eighteen and zero. Thank you for giving me that stat before I did my final tips. <laughs> And then last game of the round was Sunday night, St. George versus the Tigers at Wollongong at Wynn Stadium. What did you think? So going into it, I heard that Luke Brooks was out. He's going to be out for the next three to four weeks. And I thought, well, without a halfback, the Dragons should be able to get this. I think these teams should finish around the set, around like close to each other on the ladder. And Benji Marshall was too much class for the Dragons. And... Yeah, the Dragons underperformed, I thought. They blew a lot of opportunities. Tyson Frizzell was fantastic in that game. And, you know, his teammates just couldn't capitalize on some of his great runs. Yeah, same thing again. I think um, Isaac Luke at hooker, I thought, was always going to be a bit of a a challenge for the Dragons. I thought you're right. Frizzell was fantastic in a losing team, created chances that just couldn't be capitalized on. He absolutely carved up the Tigers' right side defense with his left side runs. Um, But Benji Marshall, masterclass, just showed them how it was done, really took control of the game without Luke Brooks there. Um, And great to see. Controlled momentum, forced dropouts. Um, But look, I think the Tigers will be really happy with that start. The Dragons, I don't think it was all bad, but I've noticed that they've already moved Zach Lomax to the wing for this week. And I, I can't understand this move. They promised Lomax the fullback spot from the start of a season and one week in, and he's already back on the wing, which isn't even his preferred position. He's a center. Yeah. I don't really think Dufty's that great. He's been caught out in defense way too many times. They've never really had great success with him. I think people get caught up in those flashy runs that he can do. But other than that, I think his game's lacking. Yeah. 
I think so. Look, um, St. George, I think, will take a few weeks to get together. Um, I still have a lot of faith in them. Shane Flanagan is there as an assistant coach. Um, and we will just wait and see with the Tigers. I think if they're winning a few games, if they win, say, two of four without Luke Brooks, um, that's probably, a, or even three, that's a really good start for them without a halfback, and they can take confidence when he comes back in. Of course. Okay, now before we go into round two and the games that are being played, I do want to bring up one thing with you. I watched the Captain Challenge very intently this week. Yep. I was looking to see how the players would utilize it and whether they would be, you know, savvy with it. Yep, and what did you learn? First game, so first game was uh, Eels versus the Dogs. Yep. And in the first 10 minutes, Regan Campbell-Gillard knocked the ball on and implored for his captain to challenge it. It was a blatant knock-on. Everyone at home could see it. Everyone in the crowd could see it. The only issue is Clint Gufferson, who's playing at fullback, and the captain couldn't see it. Right, so he has to trust his players. Now, I think the players, I think the captains are going to learn very quickly not to trust their players, especially early on in the game. We saw it in, we saw it against Manly, in uh, Melbourne against Manly. Cameron Munster wanted a play to be challenged in the early, early in the first half. And Cameron Smith, the savvy captain that he is, a savvy veteran who knows this game inside and out, was like, <laughs> nope, not doing it. Yeah. It's not the time. Yep. Even if it's right, not the time to do it. It's one of those adrenaline rush decisions, which I think will only really favour the smart players. And in case we didn't know, Cameron Smith, very smart player, new to control his um, tempered... 5-8 and just sort of control the play a bit and calm him down and just say we're not going to use it this time. I actually, it's interesting that you mentioned Gutherson. I wonder if uh, teams with um, captains at the back are going to be disadvantaged by this. I think that's one of the reasons you need a hooker or a halfback as a captain or, you know, corner second row, he's right there in the action, but you need someone who can see it because if the fullback is defending um, and something happens... No chance. Yeah, look, it actually the the challenge was brought in in the NBA this season as well. It was actually a coach challenge, though. So it's the coaches making the decision. They're the ones who see everything that's going on on the court. In the rugby league, it's different. It's a captain. They're doing their own thing while, you know, they might be setting up a play while someone else knocks the ball on. So they're not seeing everything. And that's I think that's going to be the challenge with this. And the other thing was the, re- the re- replay times, I think they were around a minute 40. Yeah, for, too slow. It's it's too slow. It slows the game down. And some of these ones were blatantly obvious. obvious and I don't know. Yeah, I'm, and we also learned that 50-50 calls are such a risk because, you know, in the Souths game, we obviously, Souths tried to challenge the fingers of the Cronulla player look like they touched the ball. And that that's a huge problem because... Players think that it could work to their advantage, but really, it's exactly like a, it's like a try situation, or sorry, a video ref situation for a try. Um, the ref goes up there. Sometimes he just doesn't really know and makes the call. The ref has made the call. It's very hard to overturn those 50-50 calls. The ref had called South's knock on the fingertips. I mean, it has to be really obvious for that decision to be overturned. So. Anyway, the smarter clubs, the smarter captains will sort it out yep. faster than the others. But yeah, um, one, one successful challenge throughout the week, not a great sign. No. It's not more of sign. an indictment on the intelligence of some of the players, really. But <laughs> Now, just a quick one. Have you seen the current NRL ladder? Because I was thinking that if the season was cancelled now, this would be the final series for whenever it's played. 
You'd have Souths and Brisbane playing in an elimination final at Suncorp. You'd have the Western Derby, Parramatta and Penrith. You'd have Newcastle and the Tigers. Yay! They didn't come ninth. And you'd have Canberra playing Melbourne in a absolute in an absolute grudge match. But most importantly, the Roosters would miss the eight, which I think everyone would be happy about. And the Warriors would get the wooden spoon. Yeah, look, Warriors and Titans would be at the bottom. Yep. As as we predicted last week, the season's not ending. We're, we're getting games this week, yeah. So this isn't gonna this isn't gonna stay. The Roosters <laughs> are gonna are gonna be there at some point. Uh, we hope. We think. Uh, we can only dream. Smart money says the Roosters will make the eight this year. Some of those teams had a favorable matchup round one. You know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pipe dream, Emmanuel. Yeah, Keep you guys had the most favourable matchup, didn't you? Come, didn't you come Keep... up against last year's like fourteenth place team? Yeah, they're better this year. Yeah, it's true. Yes, so we're going week by week. Obviously, um, who's playing this week? Well, what do we think? First game of the round, Thursday night, we have, I believe, it's the Bulldogs versus the Cowboys at ANZ Stadium. Uh, crowds, there's no crowds obviously this weekend. Play teams will be playing in empty stadiums. Uh, but still down in New South Wales, down in down in Sydney, down at ANZ Stadium, I picked the Dogs. Yeah, I'm going the Dogs too. Really good signs from them last week. Great defensive performance. I don't know. Uh, the Cowboys scored consolation tries last week, which meant the scoreline flattered them. Um, I think the Dogs are going to win this. I think one area for improvement for the Dogs is I think their halfback their 5'8", Wakeham needs to get more involved and take some pressure off Lachlan Lewis. Yeah. Especially when you don't have like a really strong playmaking fullback. Yeah. Uh, he needs to step up and, yeah, take some pressure off Lachlan Lewis, let him play his game a bit more. Uh, next game, we have Dragons versus the Panthers at Jubilee Oval. Who have you got? Uh, I'm going to go the Dragons. Uh, Jubilee Oval, Friday night, no crowd. I just think... Um, that the Dragons want to just start getting those wins under their belt. Um, Penrith were great last week, uh, and I'm worried that they will take too much out of that game. It's an early season game, defending premiers, but I just think they shouldn't underestimate the Dragons. Teams are still trying to find their form, so I think before I can start tipping Penrith consistently, probably got to see like four or five wins from them. I'm going the Panthers. I don't trust the Dragons. I tipped them last week thinking that, you know, this should be a, a easier matchup, no no halfback for the Tigers. And just like they do to their fans every year, they let me down last week. And I know what that feels like a little bit. So I'm sticking with the Panthers. I think they were great last week against the Roosters, uh, knocking off the defending champs. So I, th- I think the Panthers are going to improve all season. And I, I don't think the Dragons are going to be great this season. I really dislike the Dufty move. I think Lowbacks should have been given him a longer shot at fullback. Yeah. Uh, next game, grudge match. Brisbane, South, Suncorp, crowd attendance, zero. Crowd out of it is a bit of a factor, I think. I think so, and we haven't seen the media circus around Bennett versus Seabold this week because no. there's so much else going on. Last, last season, you could tell Bennett got under Seabold's skin a lot and it really... Shook up the Broncos' game plan, and I think they got, you know... Rattled. Rattled. Yeah. Big time. Um, who have you gone, though? My heart says Souths, but I'm going Brisbane. I think their forward pack against ours is no match, although Pangai is out. 
Yeah, four weeks. Four weeks. Uh, necessary suspensions. Not the first time he's been in trouble. Um, look, I I think Brisbane's pack will beat our pack. I think they've just got too much going on there, too much strength over us, really. So, and I think our backs will struggle for for space unless Souths find a way to tire those Brisbane forwards out. Is the only way I see us winning this game. Well, I think you have the advantage in the halves and in like in your spine. Yep, but. The back line for the Broncos is quite good. I really like Kastoni Staggs. I really like Corey Oates on the wing. is fantastic, and he's beaten you a couple times down that side. Yep. And their forward pack is obviously uh, stacked. So I think it's going to be how well your halves can control the game. Yeah, I, I think, think that's so. going to be. I think that's going to be the key, and how how Damien Cook can control that dummy half. Yeah, and I think that's going to be it. It's going to be all about Cook running around those players. He's going to have to tie them out and pick his timing well and try not to get shut down so that Reynolds and Walker can get the ball out to our outside backs. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I've I, gone the Broncos. I think it'll be a tight game, though. I think, it's, I think this is a game of the round, and I think it will be really entertaining. Yep, and well-watched, I assume, because no one's going. No one's going, and everyone else is in lockdown for Friday night. Yep. Uh, Warriors versus Raiders in the Gold Coast, which is now the Warriors' pseudo-home for the season, uh, if they continue to stay in the competition. This is a fairly easy one for me. I've gone the Raiders purely on the back of... I, I don't think the Warriors are in the right headspace for this game. Yeah, I I agree. I think Canberra will be too good would have been too good anyway, but I think the sideshow this week, the meetings, the distractions, the big decisions, I think it takes an emotional toll. Um, and I, I just think Canberra's gonna win. And as you said earlier, it's a game in Australia. They're not at home, but this is technically a home game for them in a new stadium which they're not that familiar with. So yeah, I the Raiders are an easy bet on this one. Yep. I agree. Uh, next game, Roosters, Seagulls Leichhardt Oval. This was actually supposed to be played at Central Coast Stadium, but they've decided to relocate it down to Leichhardt. Um, based on what I saw last week, and the Roosters still have players coming back and got a couple injuries last week, I've gone Manly. Uh, this is a thinking with my head move more than my heart. I would love to see the Roosters win, but I think Manly showed enough last week to show that they have what it takes to beat a Roosters team this early in the season. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. I get that thinking, but uh, part of me thinks last week was a manly rise to the occasion. Last game at Brookie with a crowd. The enemy is there. It's Bellamy versus Hasler. Look, I don't know. I think, as, we, as we've as we said before, the Roosters are going to take a few weeks to get together. Angus Crichton's back. He's probably going to be a bit unfit because he's had pneumonia. Um, but... Uh, Robinson, I know he's happy to drop these early games, but I just think the Roosters will come out and have acknowledged and have a better performance. And we saw last week against a good defensive team, Manly struggled to get points on the board, and I think that the Roosters might win this one with their defense. I hope so. I really do hope so. Uh, Next game is a bit of a grudge match. These two met in the grand final in 2016. Sharks versus Storm. Now, it's a Sharks home game, but they don't play games... Uh, down at Shark Park anymore. It's a Jubilee Oval. Yep. Who have you got? Uh, second game of the week at Jubilee Oval. I'm going for Melbourne. I just think Melbourne will be too good. Um, I think that South's defence might have covered up a few um, of Cronulla's issues. Um, and I just think Melbourne 
Melbourne are the team to beat this time of year. You just know they've had a really, they've had the best off season of everyone. Very consistent. Um, their their preparation is meticulous. They don't really change how they are during the season. This will be the same as last week. They'll grind out a performance and then put the points on when the time comes. Cronulla does have the ability to do that, but I think not being at Shark Park um, and not having a home crown there, I think these make psychological differences to a team. They're as new to the ground as Melbourne are, and I think Melbourne will just use that to their advantage. Yeah, I've also gone to Storm. And you said the word preparation, which I think is key in describing how Melbourne are each week. They prepare better than anyone else for each team uh, throughout the regular season. Um, they're a safe bet every week because you know that they're going to give their A game. Yep. The issue is their A game throughout the regular season is fantastic, but when it comes to finals, that's when they, that's when other teams seem to step up. And Melbourne have been lost, have gotten lost a couple last couple of years. Yep, definitely. Second last game of the round is, and this one I actually found the hardest to tip: uh, Tigers versus Knights at Leichhardt Oval. Eighth wonder of the world closed. No one can watch. Um, crowd taken out of it's probably a factor. Jesus, tough one, isn't it? I, I think Newcastle. I think they'll try and ride the momentum of last week's win. Tigers obviously won as well, but I think you know the Knights want to capitalise on that statement last week of keeping a team to nil. Um, they have a lot to prove, um, and I think the fact against a Newcastle team, the the Luke Brooks factor might be a bit of an issue for the Tigers and so I'm going with Newcastle. Yeah, I've also gone the Knights. I completely agree with your thought process. I think the Knights really want to prove that they're a defensive team this year and based on what I saw from last week the Tigers beat a Dragons team but I think the Knights are a better team and I think they're more complete. Their spine is a lot stronger this year and I think this is going to be a a Mitchell Pierce specialty this week. I agree. Um, Last game of the round. It's a tough one. Titan versus Eels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, easy one for me. I have gone the Eels. Now, this is a must-win game for the Eels if people are to take them seriously. This is a game where the Eels have dropped in the past, and especially because it's away from home. Yep. They're not in that fortress that they've built. This, yep. this is a game where you show that you are legit title contenders even if it's just an easy win against the Titans, you need to come away with a win here. Yeah, 100%. And Parramatta need to be comfortable now winning away from home because they're likely to play the rest of the season at home if plans go the way they do. So Parramatta have to win. I think they have to win big. I think Mitchell Moses has to have a big game. Um, I thought he was poor last week. I thought um, he needs to make the game his he carries on as if he's got control of it. He needs to be patient, build momentum, and then take control of it. Um, they've got strike power there. We both rate them. Um, and this is a game that I think they have to put on a bit of performance and, and show what they've got. Yeah, so Andrew Johns is now the hard coach at Parramatta. And I remember hearing an interview at the start before the season started, and he was discussing Mitchell Moses, and he was saying that his issue is that if he doesn't get what he wants in the first 20 minutes and he uses up all these tricks, he goes into his shell a bit. Yeah. And you saw that last week. Yep. Uh, he got a bit frustrated because the Bulldogs' defense was really stout and really strong and he couldn't he couldn't break the line and he kind of he disappeared a little bit. Uh, he ended up coming up with a kick that got them the, the match-winning try. But I think Mitchell Moses' is key to be successful this year is to be patient and yep. let the game come to him. 100%. Don't do everything in, at 
early on or all at once, as you said. Um, you know, the best players, you don't see all their tricks every week. And I think that has been the problem with Parramatta. And that that's one of the things Moses, I think, has gotten better with over time. And I think once he masters that, he'll deliver a premiership. Another thing I want to see is Dylan Brown actually making a few more runs. Yep. He's a great, he's, he's a talented 5'8", uh, who uh, is still new to this game. He's only played... You know, he's played under 21st grade game because he missed a chunk of last season. But I think he needs to get involved more, take some pressure off Mitchell Moses. And that's that's where I think the if the, if he can do that, that's where I think the Eagles will become really dangerous. Yeah, I agree. Um, finally, Corbs. Tipping last week, how'd you go? So if you listened last week and you followed my tips, I went 8 of 8 on the podcast. Did you follow your tips? I did not follow my tips. I am an idiot. <laughs> Yep. I actually second-guessed myself on three games, and I ended up going five of eight. Now, That's really helpful, because I changed a tip so that I got six. So thank you for giving me that Melbourne tip. Yeah. So, look, I am now going to trust my gut, and I'm going to stick with what I've said today. Uh, if you follow my tips, I'm pretty good at this stuff, and I, I normally Pretty finish, modest, too. I, I finished normally very high near the top, so if you wanna if you wanna win your tipping comp, listen to me. I'm gonna help you out. Emmanuel's pretty good as well. He finished second in our comp last year, behind me. Yeah, so, I was a bit like Melbourne, sort of on top until the end. And yeah. Corbs, look, we're just like the Roosters. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so yeah, listen. If if you want to go well in your tipping comp, we do have some good opinions. We do have some good advice. So you know, we may help you get over the edge. Yeah, in your in your work tipping comp, or even if it's just with your mates. Hundred percent. And finally, before we go, obviously we don't know what the future of this podcast holds. Given we don't know what the future of this season holds, we've really enjoyed doing this though. Um, we do realise that even if there's no footy on, um, we're going to need more sources of entertainment over the coming months. And uh, yeah, this is this is something that we enjoy. So we want to if we're if we're on lockdown, if we're working from home or we have nothing to do, we're happy to record stuff. Uh, if you have any emails, any questions, ask us anything. Uh, the best way to contact us is by our email, howgoodisrugbyleague at gmail.com. Uh, the other way to contact us is via Instagram. I am Michael underscore Corbin 23. Emmanuel? I am Emmanuel Penklis. E-M-A-N-U-E-L-P-E-N-K-L-I-S. Yeah, so you can slide into our messages if you want. Uh, we're happy to hear... <laughs> Anything, we're happy to hear anything, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For rugby league purposes. Um, And yeah, we hope to come back with another edition next week of, another edition next week of How Good Is Rugby League and not another edition of How Good Is Lockdown. (laughs) Guys, thanks for listening again. And can you please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast? It's how we how we grow and how we know where to improve. Yep. And if you're working from home, something to listen to on your commute from your bed to your desk over and over again. Have a good week. Have a good week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And how good is rugby league? (laughs)